edition of the Camera Brooks podcast, Above and Beyond. The purpose of our podcast is to interview former military officers who have transitioned into corporate America and are making an impact in the business world. And so today, my guest is Jerry Moronis. Jerry is a program manager at Medtronic, and so essentially he's leading very technical projects uh, within their quality design assurance group. And so Jerry is a former Army signal officer. He served in the military for eight years. He has an electrical engineering degree from Yale University. And in today's episode, we discuss how to naturally transition from the military to corporate America. And so we we really kind of get into three main points. One, how to use your ability to learn as a skill and as a tool uh, in the transition. Two, um, how to get buy-in with different functions across an organization, especially when you haven't been at an organization for an extended period of time. And then three, enhancing skills through continuing education and continuing to get better as a professional. So um, Jerry has an abundance of knowledge to share and experiences to share. If you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, you can find more information at our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. On to the episode and Jerry Moronis. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on today. Hey, thanks, Pete. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to provide some feedback. Excellent. No, I appreciate it. So, yeah, let's get right down to business. So, um, you know, I think it's it's uh, some positive feedback that we've gotten from those that have listened to the podcast in the past is uh, just hearing military background and understanding you know, who they're listening to and what they've done in the military before making a transition. So why don't we start there? You don't necessarily need to go through, you know, every single detail, but just give us a high-level view of of your military experience before making a transition to business. Sure. So I, I was a <clears throat> Army captain. I uh, served as a signal officer for eight years uh, in various positions. So I was a platoon leader, a battalion signal officer, S6, uh, an executive officer, uh, and then finally a detachment commander. So I got to travel through uh, most of the United States and was uh, last stationed in, in Germany. And that's when we met, you and I met first in Germany when you were still serving as that detachment commander, right? Right, right. Yep. I think that was the first time we uh, met face-to-face. Yeah, that's right, face-to-face. So, so when you... Um, and I just want to make a special point here. And you were in a Camera Rooks program for um, more than a day or two, were you not? Yes. So uh, I, I joined up um, actually on my deployment to to Iraq in, oh gosh, when was that, 2010, I think? Uh, well, yeah, I was, I was looking back. I thought it was 2009, but right, 2009, 2010, around there. Yeah, so, so I was, I was uh, uh, you know, having a moment of, of reflection, I guess, and, and – uh, Kind of wanted to explore uh, options on the on the corporate side, so yeah. did a little research um, and then was able to connect while I was out there before uh, interviewing with you guys. And I just want to make that point. You know, I, I know that some some of the people that listen to the podcast are those who are still in the military, and so I think it's an important point. You know, the fact that we partnered up in you know late 2009, early 10, and you didn't you ended up coming to a career conference in G, uh, April of 2015. So, I mean, that, that was five years in the program. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, a, a 
sort of um, two-way street, right? Like, so I, I, we were able to to interact, um, you know, face to face with the quarterly interviews. We had uh, phone calls, and and Cameron Brooks was was really tracking my career development along the way. So I I, I was on the fence for quite some time. Um, but as I made my decision, I felt like I was able to benefit from from the guidance and also the um, mentorship and, and the you know development program um, all at the same time. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I know that that was kind of caught you off guard there. That wasn't something we uh, we talked about talking about today, but but uh, I just think it's important to note that you know you uh, for many or at least a few of the years that you were in the program, you weren't necessarily completely convinced that getting out was the right move and and uh, and we were able to engage in a partnership and walk alongside the path with one another and and ultimately made the transition uh, decision to transition and so and that kind of leads me into you know my next question tell me tell me about a little bit about your um, decision to transition maybe what were you looking for uh, if, once you made the transition what were some of your transition goals so to speak yeah, so so I think uh, in my mind I, I was I was happy with the work I was doing. Um, you know, at the at the time I was uh, kind of traveling all over uh, Europe, um, working in special operations. It was um, it was very uh, rewarding work, um, very exciting, uh, but but didn't really leave a lot of time for family. Um, so I was I was really looking for something a little more predictable. Uh, more stability at home, uh, and at the same time wanted to uh, sort of uh, take on you know uh, interesting uh, complex problems um, and and establish myself in a in a career. So uh, with that being said, uh, you know I I took a I guess an inventory of of my uh, skill sets, my experiences, um, and then started to think about. You know how, you know, where where I would fit in in the in the corporate world. Now, when you came to the career conference, you interviewed with thirteen companies. Ultimately, what made you? What helped you? Or or how did you make the decision to make a transition and go work for Medtronic? Yeah, so I would say it wasn't an easy decision. Um, you know, I, I think I was I was pretty apprehensive leading up to the career conference, um, as as most candidates probably are. Um, but what I found, um, you know, after the initial interview was, uh, I felt uh, this this boost of confidence. You know, kind of this affirmation that uh, I did undergo a, a very comprehensive preparation, um, and and I had a lot of choices uh, to, to make. Um, so in the process, you know, I, I followed uh, some of the the guidance um, straight out of the book. It was it was uh, doing doing a, a an assessment based on you know the intrinsic and extrinsic considerations. So uh, for me, it, it, I I really wanted to uh, find an opportunity where I could leverage my my technical aptitude and uh, my leadership skills. Um, to to impact uh, you know human lives and so I think that's what I never really imagined myself uh, working in medical devices I don't know anything about them uh, yeah. prior to the conference yeah. um, but that's what really sold it for me 
Well, tell us a little bit, you know, maybe give us a high-level view of your company. Who is Medtronic? Yeah, so, so Medtronic is a, a medical device manufacturer, uh, one of the largest. Um, we just recently merged with uh, Covidian, so we've got over 85,000 employees uh, globally. I guess the, the mission is, is kind of what um, really put it into perspective. Um, and it's it's all aimed at uh, you know manufacturing uh, devices um, to to alleviate pain, restore health, and extend life. You know we we work on a daily basis with with very uh, technical sort of design related problems, um, but everything that we do is is geared toward uh, impacting patients. You know actual uh, people. So for me, that's that's sort of what uh, distinguishes. Uh, this particular industry and, and you know even this company from uh, the rest of the field. You mentioned making a decision and in, in being a part of an organization that impacts people's lives. You know, maybe you could just go into that for a moment. How how important was that? You know, considering to your point, you didn't you, you weren't thinking medical devices. You're a Army Signal you know transitioning Army Signal Detachment Commander. You have an electrical engineering degree from an extremely prestigious institution in our nation and you know you weren't thinking med device why was it important for you to find a company like that considering you weren't thinking that you know a couple of weeks before you actually accepted the offer just walk us through your mindset there yeah I think um, as I reflected on my military experience um, you know I, I was faced with with plenty of uh, technical challenges um, I did see some some reward uh, from providing uh, solutions to those problems, um, but in 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 looking back on it, I think probably the most satisfying time was just my ability to uh, change lives in the process. So through exercising, you know, direct and indirect leadership, uh, developing subordinate leaders along the way, um, I, I felt like. For me, I wanted to have that same sort of impact um, well beyond just uh, sort of the technical problem solving. Um. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Maybe um, tell us a little bit more. That's kind of a perfect segue. What do you, you're a program manager at Medtronic. What does that mean? What do you do? Yeah, so, um, so I, I work in the quality department, uh, specifically design assurance. And I lead the design assurance activities uh, as a quality core team member. So basically, uh, working on new product development for Structural Heart. It's a business unit um, out of Medtronic that basically um, creates the uh, next generation uh, heart valves. So I work cross functionally um, with uh, R&D with um, microbiology, with uh, regulatory affairs, with um, so in a, in a team setting um, to, to uh, basically uh, provide innovative solutions to complex problems. Um, I, I lead, I manage a, an extended quality team um, and I interact with leaders at, at multiple levels. So it's very much a matrixed organization right? Um, and I am responsible for all of the quality deliverables to include the uh, timely completion of design verification, validation, and uh, risk management documentation. 
Now, you've said a lot to me just now that I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of, uh, but it definitely sounds like it, it's satisfied that, that technical component or that te technical um, desire that you had. I mean, you've said a lot to me right now that sounds very technical. Or do you find yourself uh, routinely, regularly in, in evaluating um, you know, whether technical procedures, products, documentation, whatever it might be? I, I do. So it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're uh, designing uh, permanent implantable devices. So these heart valves go into humans. Uh, the idea is they, they uh, you know, replace the, the native anatomy. They're there to stay. So uh, because these are new devices, um, I, I get to make, you know, risk-based decisions on you know, exactly what testing, what sort of um, design verification validation is needed. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's my job to ensure that we maintain a, a high level of, of quality um, and being able to balance that with um, getting the product out to market um, so that people can benefit from, from these therapies. Uh, sort of the, the gist of, of what I do, but I do find that that it's a it's a great balance between um, kind of the uh, technical uh, interests. So um, when when you break down a, a medical device into its many components and try to understand uh, the interactions, how you know one feature uh, affects others, um, and and how the product will perform in the native anatomy, it's it's. Uh, there are some really difficult problems that have to be solved along the way. So I definitely appreciate those. Um, and at the same time, being able to influence uh, key leaders throughout the organization um, to uh, adhere to project schedules and to, to release these products uh, in, a, in a timely manner, um, I think really leverages the, the skill sets uh, the experiences that that I gained um, throughout the, the my experience in the military. I want to come back to that, but I have to ask this question first because it's really kind of on my mind because I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing and and I actually get this question a lot. You know, if if again, Jerry, you know, you're an army, you're a former army officer, you're a signal officer, you know, no you know, heart valve training, no medical device training, and and the question I get a lot is, you know, what how will I take, you know, all of the intrinsic things about my background as a, as a military leader and apply them into an industry, into a company, into a product or service, whatever it might be, that I have no experience in whatsoever? I mean, bottom line, Jerry, is you've been at this role for about two years now, and it sounds like you sound like a different guy than, than who I talked to two years ago, right? How did you... I guess the pull through here is how did you go from where you were two years ago to where you are now? How does how does that process occur, or at least how did it occur for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, again, you know, I, I didn't know anything about medical devices, never really envisioned myself working in this industry. Um, I, I would say my, my experience uh, coming on board was very much like the military. It was a lot of uh, on-the-job training. Um, it was, uh, you know, I remember 
as a as a second lieutenant in the army, hearing the phrase over and over, you know, figure it out, lieutenant. Um, <laughs> the same expectation here, where um, after transitioning, uh, it was there was no formal uh, training program. Um, there was there was a lot of um, resources on hand, um, be it you know policies, procedures, um, personnel that I could um, leverage and, and interact with to to try to bring myself up to speed. Um, but but I think the the bottom line was you know my my role uh, basically assumed uh, eight plus years of industry experience. So being able to I guess um, get to that level of of understanding um, was a lot like the military. It was a learning process. Um, and what I found was, um, you know, I, I was I was very successful at it because of, um, I guess, my my military experience. Just being able to uh, become comfortable in in un, an unfamiliar uh, setting, being able to learn what was needed, um, and and I, I felt like. Um, the, the transition overall was was not difficult. Um, it does take some time to to get up to speed, but I, I found that I was able to uh, meet and exceed expectations and start contributing uh, rather quickly. Well, that's probably no different. You know, at least the last sentence in terms of um, meet and you know meet and exceed expectations. Quite frankly, Jerry, that's probably no different than what you'd always done. And it's interesting in the military. You know, yes, you you go to some schooling and you do some sometimes some more advanced schooling, but but it never quite prepares you for you know being a in your case platoon leader, executive officer, staff position, detachment commander, whatever it might be. So, really feels a lot like what you had been doing, does it not? I, absolutely, um, and and I think you know the 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 point that I would make is. Um, you sort of develop that skill of, of how to learn um, through your you know academic preparations and then uh, the um, sort of on the job application throughout your roles in the military. So uh, by the time you make the transition, you know I, I felt like I was I was pretty confident in my ability to to do that and to do that quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I it, it's you know it, it's not an intuitive. Uh, step to, to think like uh, an army signal officer could be successful in the medical device industry, but um, not only is it possible, it's, it's uh, surprisingly, um, you know, uh, similar to, to, the, to the military. So I think okay. kind of the experiences are just uh, universally applicable. So good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to. I'm really gonna take exactly what you just got done and kind of wrap that up in an exclamation point and and put an exclamation point on it because um, because that's really it right there. I mean that's the thing and I think you said it perfectly. You develop the skill of how to learn academically on the job in the military and that that is the key to opening up your success. In business, and you know, again, in, in an industry, in a company, in a career field that that 
perhaps you have absolutely no um, experience in. Another point that I think you you made that I or a point you made that I think is important is you you know the the role that you got hired into is not a college hire position. The expectation was, you know, you're you're walking into a role where your peers have you know eight eight I think you said eight years of of industry experience. And you had zero years of any experience, but I think that's the real point about why military officers accelerate so quickly in roles that they're placed into is because because they're taking a lot of that intrinsic leadership and uh, and and figuring it out, so to speak, to use your phraseology, right? Absolutely, and you know, I, I would I would take it a step further and, and say like. Um, not only have, have I, you know, impressed my my superiors, my my peers, uh, so on and so forth, but um, to the degree that uh, they've actually um, reached out to Cameron Brooks um, over and over again. Subsequently, uh, in search for more and more talent, there is no sort uh, shortage of opportunity or, or roles to fill um, for for the right uh, people, and and I think that's really what. Um, what the goal is, um, and and I, I guess it serves as a as a validation of that preparation. Well, that's a good point too. I mean, I think I've seen you back to at least two career conferences as a hiring manager, or at least a part right, of the hiring right. process. Yeah. So so I think um, you know companies more and more, and you probably know this better than I do, but are are seeking uh, military talent um, for these very reasons. Um, so Medtronic in particular uh, has uh, tried to try to leverage um, the, the connection, my experience going through the process as a candidate. Um, so they, they asked me to go back um, and, and interview. Um, so I, I did have that privilege. It was uh, quite an experience, kind of, um, you know, got to see uh, the, the process from from the from a different perspective, um, sure. and, and I would say it was very rewarding. Sure. Now, do you? I know that um, we've placed uh, people in similar roles to yours. I don't know if it's been out in California. Like, for instance, Kristen Greer is. I think she's doing a similar role up in Minneapolis. But are you interacting with either? Cameron Brooks alumni or former JMOs that you know, just former J, JMOs in general. What kind of interaction do you have with with anyone with similar backgrounds? Sure. So, uh, so I work uh, almost on a daily basis with Kristen. She's part of the uh, extended team uh, for one of our product development projects. Um, I work with uh, with Sean. Um, he was um, he went through the process actually at the same conference uh, as me. Um, he works uh, now in the compliance group, and uh, I work with Omar, who um, is out of the microbiology department as a supervisor there. Um, so a lot of uh, cross-functional interaction. Um, work with them on a daily basis, um, and and I, I think having that military background um, is basically you know instant uh, credibility. There's a there's a connection there where we sort of appreciate having gone through that transition. Uh, and so we're we're able to uh, work well and 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 trust uh, kind of on a different level. I love it. Um, I'm going to come back to a point you said earlier. You talked when you were talking a little bit more about what you do day to day. You talked about getting 
key leaders to adhere to timelines and um, and whatever the requirements for a product might be. What did you mean by that? Can you can you explore that with me a little bit further? Sure. So so as as a program manager, um, you know, I'm not only making um, quality decisions on on products that will impact uh, human lives, but um, I also have the, the business appreciation and, and responsibility to, to drive these projects to completion. Um, so that's that's where it, it kind of gets interesting um, in that uh, I, I work with you know a, a lot of engineers, uh, PhDs that um, really focus on kind of the, the technical um, uh, I guess testing and and simulations and and um, work on uh, yeah just the, the technical details of, of the projects but um, I, I guess one of the tendencies there is to um, uh, stay in, in what they call the sandbox um, so sort of um, explore design concepts um, uh, refine um, optimize over and over again um, and, and being able to extract from that a, a product that is um, uh, marketable um, and that um, has real uh, benefits in the short term, you know, so in a period of anywhere from six months to a couple of years and, and being able to get that product in, into the, the pipeline and out to market. Um, I think requires a lot more of the uh, project management skills that uh, we apply um, in the military almost on a daily basis. Because you're saying, if I and if I hear, heard that right, you're being held accountable to to uh, ensure that products are are delivered into the into the life cycle of production and out to the market and that the quality is of, of the utmost uh, the highest standards and whereas sometimes you're working with people that that quality is important obviously but they're they're more motivated on new concepts and designs where where they're not as focused I mean everyone's focused on generally getting the product to market but you're just saying that, that there sometimes there's some competing interests in terms of of functionality is that what you said exactly Pete and, and I think uh, the, again the, the skill set to, to drive these projects to completion is, is not really uh, there in the um, R&D functions uh, always so being able to to leverage those skills uh, being able to uh, appreciate kind of the, the, the technical considerations um, and, and balance that with uh, business needs, I think, is is kind of where I see me fitting in. Do you think that's why ultimately, Jerry, they brought you on board? Is because they felt like you were a, you were someone who had the technical credibility, but frankly, could get some things done. It, exactly, and I, I think that's a, a rare combination um, in in the in the industry, um, and it's definitely something that's that's very much sought after. I don't want to keep you too long, and I really appreciate the time we've spent less, thus far. Let me ask you a couple of questions that we like to ask our guests on the podcast. Um, first of all, what, what, are you, what are you focused on right now professionally? What, are you reading anything? Are you 
Are you following any blogs or listening to any podcasts? Like what uh, what's out there that you're working on that other people could appreciate and dig into? Yeah, so so I think at at the moment I've I've got a, my hands uh, full. We my wife and I just had a, a child. Um, oh, he's he's born months old now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's it's been a busy time, but I but I would say that um, professionally I'm pursuing my um, project management professional certification. Okay. Um, so I've I've gone through kind of the training course and now uh, in my spare time studying for for the exam um, and then. Really, really trying to uh, in, improve my my indirect leadership skills. So uh, I think in in a matrix organization, that's that's something that is um, I, I don't want to say unfamiliar, but but it's uh, it's the culture is very different from the military, where we have kind of a established hierarchy and there's um, very clear chains of command. Here it's it's a lot more, uh, it's less obvious. Um, so being able to influence others to um, produce results uh, in this setting requires altogether a different skill set. So I did have some experiences in the military with that, but just trying to, to refine and improve those, yeah. Now, is, is, did uh, Medtronic ask you to pursue the PMP, or what was the uh, impetus for for working on your PMP? So I would say this was kind of a, a goal of mine for, for a couple of years, um, but just recently there was an opportunity um, made available to uh, mostly the, the project management um, function, um, but I was able to... Um, Jump in on that training, um, and in the process, uh, satisfy one of my uh, professional development goals. Sounds good. All right, final question, Jerry. What's the? Uh, actually, there's two questions in here. What's the best advice that you've received lately, and what's the best advice that you've given lately? I've been very much involved with um, kind of uh, my my local church. And one of the concepts that, that really resonated with me was, was the idea that, that you have to give to receive. Um, so sort of a, a very basic principle, um, but I've found that to be uh, very true, uh, not only in, in kind of a, the church setting, but um, in, in my neighborhood, uh, and then in the professional setting where... Um, I think it, it if you're able to uh, adhere to that sort of mindset where it's it's not about you know what 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 can I what can I get what can I uh, receive from other people but more so what what can I give right um, so I think you know you can imagine the implications for uh, customer service or just being able to develop relationships within an organization um, if if you are if you are very much giving that's a uh, natural precursor for uh, receiving, and I found that to be very beneficial, um, especially as I work with uh, cross-functional groups where, where I don't have that um, direct supervisory uh, authority over, it, uh, over these people. Excellent advice. How about uh, how about any advice that you've given? Are you mentoring anyone, or have you have you uh, has anyone come to you looking for advice lately? Yeah, I, I would say um, one of the engineers on my my extended team um, 
has has had uh, a, lo a lot of questions regarding sort of how how to go about um, uh, leading leading projects, leading leading people, sort of basic uh, leadership curiosity. And and I would say that you know the the advice that I gave her and and some of the best advice I received throughout my career was. Um, as as a leader, uh, it's in my mind most important to to be yourself. Um, so again, kind of a <laughs> uh, seems like a, a shallow sort of thought, but um, what I mean by that is um, in in developing your your leadership style, the way that you go about solving problems, the way that you uh, delegate that you empower subordinate leaders the way that you influence other people um, should be uh, your your own um, so you as you know w within the military you're surrounded by um, good leaders uh, not so good leaders and I think um, as you as you're exposed to uh, those people within your organization uh, you take from them um, you know the the good and the bad, and you sort of formulate how how you would uh, make decisions in the same sort of uh, setting, and and so I think it's if if you try to emulate the way that someone else uh, goes about leading projects or leading people, um, I, I I think you know it's it's less effective, um, and and so it's important to sort of stay true to um, how how you are as a person, uh, your per, your personality is uh, a big part of that, um, and I, I just I, I find that uh, it, it's it's easy to be confident um, when when you know yourself, when you know your leadership style, um, and I've just in my experience I've seen that uh, as being very effective. And it's hard. It's, it's such a good point. It's it's hard. Especially in a new organization where you know you you changing industries, changing companies, where you know you want to come in and make a good impression, and you want to you know say the right things and do the right things and make sure that you know you're you're not messing things up early on, right? And so, um, but but I think that's really sage advice, and I appreciate this. I actually appreciate the simplicity of the advice because. Because ultimately, that's the thing that that's the whole reason that you, I, anyone was hired to begin with is because we were able to demonstrate who we were in an interview, and people were able to um, um, associate that with being a good fit for the organization. So coming in and being someone, anything, anyone other than yourself, is uh, is probably a bad strategy. So excellent advice. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. No. My, my pleasure. Well, this is uh, this has uh, been a great conversation. I really appreciate. I know you're busy, so I really appreciate you taking some time out to uh, to share your experiences and thoughts with us. Um, been a great dialogue, and uh, look forward to catching up with you real soon. Sounds great, Pete. I uh, again appreciate the opportunity, and I hope this is uh, informative to whomever may be listening. Excellent. Thanks, Jerry.